Welcome to Crab Takes and Football. This is what the Baltimore Sports Report does. I'm TK, joined by Mr. Quarantine himself, Andrew Holly. Holly, how we doing, man? I'm doing just fine, man. I've been made for this for I'm 40 years old. I I would say I'm an extroverted introvert. I love this. My life really hasn't changed. I work from home anyway, you know, aside from, you know, canceling different projects here or there, you know, life is pretty much the same for me. So I can't really complain too much aside from the extra house guests I now have that are that are social distancing with me here at my house. How about you, TK? You know, it's it's been a pretty eventful couple of weeks uh, here in New York City. We're kind of at the epicenter of everything yeah. that's going on in the U.S. right now. So things are getting interesting. We have a you know, been been encouraged to stay inside uh, at all costs and, and things like that. Had to postpone the wedding, but that's okay. We're, we're going to get to do it in September. Not going to make uh, light of it, but when they're, when they're um, postponing even opening day for baseball season, sometimes, sometimes you have to make the hard decisions. That sucks, but I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure it will still be a magical day. Yeah, I mean, it, it was going to be a big wedding, but I don't think it was going to be as uh, as big as opening day. So No, yeah, you're not that, rolling out the orange carpet? Come on. Uh, no, no orange carpet, not 48,000 No purple people. carpet? No, I don't think so. No uh, no pyrotechnics, I don't think. No, but, uh, no? No. But that's all right. We're, we're getting geared up and excited for, for our new date out in September, so that will be very Good. fun. Good. So our last time talking here was when we recapped uh, the Ravens final game of the year, which we're not going to talk about. But since then, we have had a ton of stuff happen. Uh, the Ravens have been very active early on in free agency. So we'll talk about that. You know, we'll talk about who's been brought in and kept. And we'll talk about who uh, has walked out the door on the Ravens. And then we'll look it will take an early draft look. You know, we don't know exactly when the draft is going to take place, but we'll look at some prospects that we like at the top of the draft and then some mid-round and later-round guys that might catch our eye, too. So maybe let's start with uh, some guys on their way out of Ravens uniforms. Uh, the first one that I would like to bring up is longtime right guard Marshall Yanda. He retired. Um not a huge surprise uh, to everybody, but definitely a big loss. Yonda was the man. He showed up uh, on camera, and, and, you know, I saw a small picture on on Twitter, and I was like, wait, what is Sean McVay doing in, you know, the Ravens facility? And it was Marsha Yonda, just 60 pounds lighter. I think his presser on the way out was perfect for him, and, uh, you know, just want to congratulate him on a fantastic career, and hopefully— a Hall of Fame nod. You know, I'll, I'll tell you what, I, I can't echo your comments more. I mean, I mean, everything from how great the presser was to how amazing it was to see him 60 pounds lighter so quickly. And, you know, it makes you really kind of take a step back and think how, how hard it is. It isn't just a bunch of fat guys on the offensive line doing that job i mean they've really got to work to keep their mass both in the weight room and eating but eating the right foods and Mm -hmm. all of the discipline it takes to remain that size 
and and the stress it must put on their body beyond the NFL, you know, stressors. So it's it's great to see him. I mean, you see guys like you know, um, who was you know some of the former Cowboys offensive like Nate Newton, you know, who got mm-hmm. to be like 500 pounds or something like that. I think at yeah. one point, and then lost a bunch of weight again. But anyway, point is, it's cool to see Yonda, and it is amazing how how different he looked having lost all that weight. Yeah, he lost the weight. He trimmed up the beard. He looked good, and. uh yeah, I mean, I think the, the first time I noticed like a, a offensive lineman losing a lot of weight was uh, Jeff Saturday, who was on the Colts and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, dropped a ton of weight and showed up on ESPN. And like, you know, if you looked at him, you're like, this guy didn't play offensive line and like similar thing with like Mark Schlereth. And, you know, these aren't offensive linemen. But, yeah, I mean, like you said, like disciplined in the opposite way, you know, you know, the normal population tries to stay disciplined so they don't get to be 300 pounds. But they're being disciplined in a way that, like, they need to stay that size so that they stay in the NFL. And, you know, yeah. it's so bizarre to think about it that way. But, yeah, I mean, you know, Marshall Yonda, one of the OGs uh, on the team, retires. I think, you know, everybody's very happy for him. You know, I, I wish that he w- would have stuck around for one more shot at a Super Bowl. But, you know, that's the call that he had to make for him. And uh, very happy that he is at peace with that one. Um Definitely Ring of Honor guy. I think they announced it right off the bat. Yeah, uh, that'll be that'll be a fun one when he goes in. But, no doubt. Um, you know, and I as I understand that they're they're going to be marketing uh, free tasers for those yeah. of age. Yeah. Uh, for that, it's going to be a great promotion and pretty electrifying. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, um, Six hundred dollar bets going around in, in yeah, line yeah. yeah, for the game. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Whatever that is. You know, we don't. I know we don't have to recap that story. Everybody knows the uh, the taser story. Although it's funny, I will say as he tells it, it certainly sounds like it wasn't all that charged. Um, mm-hmm. So that's well, funny. That's good for him for still. taking advantage of that that scenario. Regardless, but he's he's a, such a beast. I yeah. mean, such a beast. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he will be missed. I mean. The thing is, he is a he is a prototypical Ravens offensive lineman. You know that mid round guy that works his way into the lineup and turns into a stud. And he's one of the few the Ravens kept. Mm -hmm. You know, now Grant, he obviously, as you said, he he very well may end up a Hall of Famer, so that certainly makes sense. But you think about how many offensive linemen from you know gosh uh i'm trying to think of the the line the left guard um is that chris chester not well sure chris chester's one of them but no we drafted him and he was a first round pick and he ended up i think going to the saints um is that ben grubbs Ben Grubbs, thank you. Yeah, uh, but but now Grant, really he was a first Ravens. round pick. But mm-hmm. but you know we let a guy like Ben Grubbs go, but we kept we kept Yonda, who mm-hmm. was I think a third round pick. Am I correct yep. in that? Yep, third. Um, you know, so that mid round guy that normally we would have let somebody like that leave and kept Grubbs. You know, so it's amazing that not only for Yonda that he had the career he had, but for the Ravens to really notice that. And to believe in the talent, especially when there were 
you know, there was definitely injury question marks with Yonda at mm-hmm. certain points. I mean, not that anyone ever questioned his toughness in any, any way, shape, or form, but, you know, whether he'd be able to bounce back from some pretty significant injuries. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was coming off that big shoulder injury this year, and he was a second-team mm-hmm. All-Pro. So, I mean, you know, he definitely went out at the top of his profession, you know, no doubt. Still, and good still for him to be able to go league. out while he was healthy and mm-hmm. not going out in a season where he was injured all year. Yeah. You know, I think that's, that was great to see him just, you could see the relief in his eyes, you know, during the press, during the press conference. And I mean, it was just, it was, it was just good to see. It's, it's sad to see him go, but I'm glad he went out on his terms. Yep. Yep. For sure. And you, you, you got to think about some of the other ramifications uh, in the locker room as well. I mean, he had his locker right next to Lamar Jackson, you know, obviously a, a very respected guy in the locker room. And, you know, we we brought in some more respectable guys uh, that that we'll talk about soon. But, you know, that leadership in the offensive line room, I think you have a, a guy like Ronnie Stanley who can kind of take that leadership role now. But, you know, Yonda was the pregame speech guy as well. I mean, we always yeah. talk about, you know, who's the, who's going to be the pregame speech guy. It was Yonda, and that was kind of a surprise to me. But, you know, from what I heard, you know, he was pretty good at it. And, uh, you know, he, he had all those years uh, under Ray and Terrell. So, mm-hmm. you know, he probably got got some good pointers from them. But, you know, who, Although who I takes have a up feeling, that role as well? I have a feeling Marshall Yonda was it. I don't want to say creating quotes from the Bible, but – Finding very unique, unique stories and phrases to choose to use from the Bible. I don't know that I maybe not quite quite with the certain flair some of our uh, speakers have had, but uh, oh, yeah. but anyway, certainly not, certainly not, certainly not. Yeah, you're uh... de- yeah definitely right about that, but. Uh, yeah, definitely miss him. You know, some of the other moves uh, of Ravens uh, shipping out were trading Hayden Hurst to the Atlanta Falcons, releasing James Hurst, uh, Pino Nwaso signing with the New York Jets, who are now Ravens North pretty much with all the former players that they have. Uh, Josh Bynes signed with the Bengals. The Ravens traded with the Steelers, which is kind of surprising. Big worm, Yeah, Chris Wormley over there. We released Tony Jefferson. Uh, didn't pick up the option on Brandon Carr's contract. Uh, Seth Roberts signed with the Panthers. And Michael Pierce, to round it out, signed a deal with the Vikings. So a lot of players Whew. heading out. Yeah, a lot of players yeah. heading out. Uh, you know, some of them, some prudent cap moves, I think. You know, you know, I think once Tony Jefferson got hurt, you know, a, as unfortunate as that was, I think everybody kind of saw the writing on the wall that he wasn't going to be in a Ravens uniform uh, for the 2020 season. Uh, but, um, you know, not picking up the option for Brandon Carr was a big, you know, cap relief that was found. And, you know, not having to fit a guy like Michael Pierce into the picture, you know, saved a little bit as well. And, you know, definitely some other extensions that were signed, uh, you know, with Sam Cook and um, Pat Ricard that, that have some, cap implication as well so a lot of players out the door for the Ravens but let's talk really quickly about the guys that they brought in the biggest move of course uh, was the trade uh, to bring in Calais Campbell from the Jacksonville Jaguars 
And that's the respected guy that I was referring to earlier. He's the reigning Walter Payton Man of the Year award winner. Um, and in addition to that, he's a terrific defensive lineman. Uh, we have signed Michael Brockers and, you know, might be some question marks around that ankle injury that he suffered last year. And, you know, another one of the impacts of this whole coronavirus thing. Uh, we put the franchise tag on Matthew Judon. We brought back Jimmy Smith, Anthony Levine, DeAnthony Thomas, and Chris Moore. And we signed Chuck Clark to a three-year extension. So a lot of activity very early on in free agency. What are your thoughts about the guys that were brought in or brought back? You know, are, do you have a favorite move? Do you have a, you know, kind of move that you're iffy on? So far, I love just about everything that's happened. I, I, I had some pause, surprisingly enough, to a lot of people maybe. I mean, with not picking up cars option, I, I mean, hmm. I felt like, I felt like that was a decent enough deal that it, it would be worth it. But considering essentially doing that got us Jimmy Smith and Anthony Levine back, I can't be that upset. Um, you know, so I think that's great. I mean, if you look at those as a trade-off, that's pretty fantastic. Now, as much as I love Jimmy Smith, I still don't know if we can count on him for 16, 17 games, whatever it ends up being now. So, you know, we'll just, we'll just have to see. So, I mean, but that said, I mean, it's great to have Jimmy Smith back. I'm, I don't want to sound like I'm complaining in any, any way, way, shape or form. That was a nice surprise the other day. Um, you know, as far as the big moves go, I love the, the whole aspect of the Hayden Hurst to Atlanta for a second and a fifth, which is then traded to to uh, the Jags for Calais Campbell. Okay. That's, to me, that is perfect in so many ways, shapes, and forms. A, Hayden Hurst wanted to leave. B, he was a backup tight end. C, he netted us a second-round pick. And Calais Campbell. Uh, I mean, you said everything about Calais Campbell, NFL Man of the Year, and everything. This guy changes our defense. He just does. I don't care if he's 34 or whatever. I think he's 34. Is that correct? Yes. He'll, yeah, I think he'll be 30. Yeah. Or yeah, he will be right. 34. 30, he's 30, in his 34. 34 yeah. Well, you know, in that mid 30, even as a guy, look for the next two years. And that's all I'm looking at with Calais. And I think that's all he's signed for is, is mm -hmm. this coming season and the next. Yep. Uh, I mean, I think at, from a leadership standpoint, from exactly what this defense needs, on the defensive line, I think that's a great move. Now, certainly losing the uh, promise or prospect of what Hayden Hayden Hurst might be able to bring to the offense. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I see that. I, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to wipe that away like it's nothing. And obviously, the three tight end offense was big. But in a lot of respects, he was not even our second tight end. He was our third tight end 
So if you're going to eventually pay money to Mark Andrews, like we will need to, you've already paid Boyle some money for the, at least the next couple of years. So get money for Hurst while you can, and then we can draft a tight end like uh, Thaddeus Moss, you know, with one of our many mid-round picks that we have. And, hey, that's perfect. That's what you want your third round, you know, that's what you want your third tight end to be anyway, let's be real, is a developmental prospect. Maybe maybe in this offense you want him to be a little bit more than the average developmental quote-unquote prospect, so he's going to be a higher-round developmental prospect. But developmental, not a former first-round pick. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. I, I might not be as high on the move as you are. Um, I I really appreciated Hurst's. Uh, you loved Big Red. I did. I, I mean, not as much as the managers for sure, but I, I did like him and the role that he played in the offense as kind of like that move tight end or the H back kind of role that he played. You know, he was often in motion and you know on on pulling runs, he would be the guy that would get over to the second level. And I, I see that because of his size-speed combination. I mean, you, his long touchdown against the Bills, you could see his long speed. But even in the blocking game, like he was effective in the blocking game because he was just fast, and he would get to the point of attack before the defender would. And, you know, it, it, like that kind of, of speed and willingness to block at the tight end position, I guess might be hard to find again. And I guess, I guess the front office is uh, fairly confident that they'll be able to replace that kind of uh, ability or, or, you know, you know, a a guy who's willing to block in that manner. So maybe, uh, maybe I'm, you know, not as high on this move as I should be, but uh, yeah, I mean, I I was just kind of surprised to see it. You know, the, the fastest of first rounder has ever left the Ravens organization uh, you know, and, and yeah, I, I do understand the point that like he didn't want to be here. And honestly, I think out of all the places, I think Atlanta is a really good landing spot for him. And he might be a, a sneaky little uh, fantasy tight end down there. Oh, yeah. Oh, I agree with that completely. I think if he stays healthy, he's going to be he's going to be a stud for the Falcons. I mean, there's no mm-hmm. way. But I mean, he's if a good you look at player, it. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, if you if you look at it as it's not like we just lost Aiden Hurst. We traded Aiden Hurst for a second-round pick and Calais Campbell. Yeah, like that's a pretty, pretty big return in my mind. Yeah, certainly for Hayden Hurst. I would have never thought in in my right mind that we would have been able to trade Hayden Hurst for a second round. I if I if we got anything, it would have been a second-round pick. Mm-hmm. Now I know we gave up something else the fourth, what did we right up? yeah but one of our our comp- compensatory fourths okay but yeah. we still have two fourths i think correct mm-hmm. isn't mm-hmm. that true so yeah. anyway um you know there's no doubt hayden hurst has talent you know there's no, no doubt that i think he will succeed i think in atlanta like you i just think that kind of return to get for a player is too hard to pass up number one And two, I think we're going to see this offense evolve. I mean, it needs to evolve. We can't go back to this. I think 
some of what you look at against the Titans is that three tight end look got exposed a bit. Now, granted, some of it was guys like Andrews were hurt. So, mm-hmm. you know, but let's face it, Hayden Hurst also dropped a, a huge ball that could have been yep. a touchdown in that yep. game. And that might have changed some things. Not saying yeah. when the Ravens would have won, but it could have changed some things. So, I. Things needed to evolve. Not that it's not going to be a similar offense, but that's where I see, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the draft in a little bit, but getting getting maybe a wide receiver in the middle round that's a little bit interesting, that guy that's a little bit of a hybrid between, um, you know, the Boykin and the Hollywood, um, that can be that guy, you know, that can, you know, almost that... <clears throat> um, The guy and I'm 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 blanking on AJ Brown for the Mm -hmm. for the Titans, you know, who I was who I liked a lot uh, in the draft last year. I mean, he that type of guy who's that he's a big receiver. He might be able to block a little bit, but he still has a lot of you know just that prototypical. He does just about everything you need him to do. If the Ravens can find a guy like that, that changes the offense too. You know, so that's a big ask. I I, I understand, yeah. but but you know when you're when you're talking about you know replacing your third tight end, you know you 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 can you can say okay, I think we can find a mid round receiver that can still be able to maybe move the chains in a different way. You know, um, I don't know. I'm thinking out loud. Yeah, and there are some developmental tight end type guys in the draft as well that that we can target it in, you know, mid to later rounds, and you know, so it's not going to be impossible. I, I think I was just a little bit caught off guard by that one just because of how good that tight end group was last year. But like you said, things got to change, things have to evolve, um, got to get better, and you know, sometimes you know, and think about a guy like Darren Waller, you know, yeah, who yeah, you true. know, the Ravens could have easily had four tight ends that were Pro Bowl level guys. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, so if anything, the Ravens, I trust the Ravens to develop offensive linemen and tight ends more than any other position on offense. Yeah, that's true. I agree with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, so so let's let's talk about like you, you keep you, you um, kept referring to that fifth round pick bringing in Calais Campbell. I really want to talk about the approach here to rebuilding the defensive line. And and it just seems like whatever happened in that Titans game in the divisional round, DaCosta decided this will never, ever happen again. And I love that approach. It's like, yeah, you see a major flaw, let's fix it immediately. Well, I think it was pretty clear that they identified pretty quickly um, as the season started last year, that they had either through injury or, uh, you know, bad scouting or however you want to put it, that they had some major holes on defense. Mm-hmm. And that's why there were so many guys that were brought in off the street. And, you know, you, you have to give so so many kudos to Wink Martindale and that staff 
for being able to bring these guys in on such short notice and create players out of out of mm-hmm. what they were able to get off the street. There's no way the Ravens are going to be successful doing that every year. And it was yep. so obvious that they needed, especially in that Titans game. And that was, I think we've talked about it for weeks, you know, leading up to that game. I That was not the team I wanted to see. Mm-hmm. Just like mm-hmm. I was nervous about playing the 49ers back when we played the Niners. It was just that team that could punch the Ravens in the mouth do exactly what the Ravens were doing to every other team, get a lead, and run out the clock. And the Ravens had no way, they had no answer for Henry. They just had no answer for Henry. And now, with Calais Campbells and hopefully a healthy Michael Brockers, that offensive line has gone from some jelly, you know, between Brandon Williams and... And Michael Pierce, which is good to clog up the middle, but now they've got some bulls that are going to, you know, really be stout against the run off the edge and provide some pressure to the quarterback. Yeah, for sure. Clays Campbell, like you said, is is known for his ability to uh, pressure from inside. And, you know, he had six and a half sacks last year, which to some may not sound like all that much, but the Ravens had one player with more than six and a half sacks yesterday. It was Matt, that's Matthew Judon. So to bring in any kind of production from inside, something that the Ravens have lacked seemingly forever, is a major, major move. Michael Brockers was a productive guy next to uh, Aaron Donald. And, you know, I know that we don't have Aaron Donald, but, you know, maybe the combination of Brandon Williams and, and Clayus Campbell, you know, provide some of that you know you can't just double team one guy you have to pay attention to everybody and then when when those guys are doing their thing and you're bringing extra rushers you know that can wreak some havoc on an offense um i'm glad you brought up brandon williams because um he can now move back to his natural position Mm -hmm. he had been playing out of position to allow him and michael pierce to play together and now that michael pierce is no longer in the picture Brandon Williams can move back to that nose tackle position that he was at that earned him that big time contract extension. And, you know, if he can get back to that kind of level of production, man, this defensive line is something scary. I agree. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, Brandon Williams is a great nose tackle. He's not a great defensive end, you know, and essentially they were, they were having him play a a three, four defensive end, which, Mm -hmm. They really, you know, as you said, they use playing out of position. It's going to be great to see him hopefully get back to what, you know, we want to see out of uh, out of Brandon Williams. Now, you know, the other thing I look at and not to get away too much from free agency yet, but I, I also look at, you know, the obvious hole now on, on this defense, the glaring, the glaring, bright, shining hole on this defense is linebacker you know mm-hmm. we've got Matthew Judon as you said we've got him at least franchised for now um you know we've got Jalen Ferguson you know so we've got some outside guys we have lost Josh Bynes we've lost Peanut you know I know we have LJ Ford and Alaska okay uh but we we have some major holes in the middle of that defense that are gonna need to be filled 
Yeah, and on the edges too. I mean, yeah, you, I mean, Calais Campbell can play a little bit of defensive end, but I think you really need to fortify the ed- edges too. I mean, that that's still that's still an issue. I mean, Jim yeah. Ferguson could probably come back and and be an improved player on the edge. Um, but we traded Chris Wormley, who, who played some defensive end, and you know he was never a superstar, but he was a solid player. But again, I mean, that middle linebacker is 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 going to be major, and and all these sub packages that that Wink Martindale runs. It does help to have a middle linebacker that can kind of stick in there on third down as well. So definitely keep your eyes open for the Ravens making a move there. Um, along the well, defensive I mean, you, line, look, you think about that game against the Titans. What were the Ravens missing? That big thumper in the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. And as much as I love the versatility that Chuck, Chuck Clark can bring that the defense, the Ravens still need that at least one guy that's a linebacker in the middle of the field that can run sideline to sideline and take people out. And that's that's something they need to figure out how to add to this defense. Now, you're totally right. The edge is the other. That's the other part of this, whether that's a, just a pure linebacker that can, you know, cover, rush, do whatever, whether it's a middle linebacker, whether it's that edge guy. You know, that's that's where the Ravens are going to need to go because they basically rebuilt this defense in such a way to be able to, you know, not only provide that pressure up the middle, but to be be more stout against the run. And that's that's the place we've got to find find some answers. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, one, one of the constants that we had all year was was the quality of the secondary play and, and that looks like it's going to be a strength once again, you know, the extensions of Clark and Marcus Peters, you bring back Jimmy Smith. And I think the good thing about bringing back Jimmy Smith on a one-year deal is that we're not going to rely on him to play 70 snaps every game. You know, he's going to be in the rotation with Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters, just the way that, you know, Brandon Carr has been recently. So and you get Tavon Young back, um, Deshaun Elliott should be back and you know I mean poor guys had some some unfortunate injury history but you know if he can stay healthy I think he's a, another really quality depth safety piece and of course you got Earl Thomas so that's that secondary is is still going to be really good the defensive line has been you know remade a little bit that middle section uh that linebacker group across the board um definitely needs to be re-examined and, and addressed in the draft So, what? Uh, any other uh, free agent moves you want to highlight or or talk about in particular? Let's see. I hope this Brockers thing works out, man. His his ankle thing. I, do too. I mean, that would be yeah, that would be that would be really nice to just have final. I mean, just that um, run defense in general. I mean, and nothing against you know Chris Wormley is a nice player, but you know having having the that extra star power and true Pro Bowl talent mm-hmm. that guys like Calais Campbell and Brockers bring to the table. I mean, that re- completely remakes the defensive front. Um, for sure. For and, the and I, it, it puts a, uh, puts a guy like Dalen Mack on the hot seat. I mean, I was, I was high on Dalen Mack, but he's really got to come to play in, in the preseason and training camp because 
the Ravens show. They're willing to bring in guys off the street instead of. Uh, that is true. You know, they like bringing so. in big fat guys on uh, rookie free agent deals and sneak their way in to make the team. That yep, is a absolutely. real good point. Absolutely. Um, let's see. I mean, other other than that and free agency, I mean, you know, I'm not sure if there's going to be any other big moves before the draft. You know, we've kind of talked about this before. You know, you brought up the potential Clay Matthews um, being signed, you know, to help that linebacker core. But you seem to think that that's going to be a post-draft move. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't really see, you know, the Ravens. I they. Despite, I mean, despite what we, what we just said about the middle linebacker position, technically they've got LJ Fort signed. You know, they've got they've got some guys they can potentially play. They're, you know, the, the Ravens don't like to go into the draft where they're like, "Holy crap, it's obvious we need to go do this," because mm-hmm. they want to do their whole best player available and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you know, it's possible if. You know, Clay Matthews were to come to the Ravens and, you know, offer up a pretty, pretty enticing veteran minimum type type deal. Sure. I mean, maybe that happens before the draft, but a lot of, you know, we're approaching the time where I think the Ravens are going to say, you know what, let's see how the draft plays out and then we'll fill in with that kind of a piece later. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, and it seems like they've taken the approach to kind of buy the defense and, and draft the offense. Um, so maybe let's move over to the draft in that sense. Are we going to draft offense early on or, or are there some defensive guys that you might have your eye on? Oh, they're definitely defensive guys I have my eye on. I think it's probably no surprise to anyone after that last little discussion that <clears throat> I'm ready to go defense, defense, defense. Uh, in this draft. Now, that said, I think there are two positions on offense where I'd be okay if best player available slid down and we took them. One would be wide receiver. If one mm-hmm. of these star wide receivers shows up, especially in the second round, I don't think I'm going to take a wide receiver in the first, but that that's a deep enough group of guys that, you know, second, uh, third round, while we have these multiple picks, I think that's definitely a position you need to go for outside of wide receiver. I think tight end is the other one, you know, not to, you know, I, I definitely agree with you. I mean, Hey, Hayden Hurst was a big part of the offense. And I think you can find somebody in that second round, third round area, depending on the tight end. If they fall, <clears throat> that could be really exciting outside of defense. Now, outside of those, those positions I want to see the Ravens draft linebacker and I want to see the Ravens draft edge players and that's that's essentially one of what I want to see the focus I wouldn't even mind seeing the Ravens go you know pure linebackers two or three of them an edge guy I mean they have enough picks in this draft they can really stack up and provide some depth yeah yeah it's kind of stunning how many picks the Ravens have like early on between around one two three and, and they have two fourths, uh, and they they all are really close to each other. Those second rounders are close to each other. The third rounders seem to be like back to back. So mm-hmm. I mean, there's plenty of opportunity to grab very very quality players early on. 
you know, as far as we're talking about edges that might be on the board in, in round one, I think two of the ones that, uh, you know, stand out to me that might be available in the late 20s are A.J. Epinesa and Yitor Grossmatos. You seem to be a Grossmatos guy. <laughs> you know, I, Espinosa, I, is that how you say his name? The, Epinesa, the other yeah. Epinesa. You know, I haven't watched a lot of his highlights yet, but I, I did watch. Uh, some more of Gross Matos's highlights this afternoon, and holy crap! I mean, that guy really—you know—he looks like a guy that you know we could put in a Ravens jersey, and he might be defensive rookie of the year. Really? I think Over so. Chase Young? I mean, I well, you know what? Crazier things have happened. I mean, you're going to have a guy playing on a defense with. You know, opposite a guy like Judon, hopefully, you know, with Brockers and Calais Campbell and, you know, the Ravens are going to be playing with the lead, unleashing the hounds. You get a guy like that, you know, as a third down pass rusher like Suggs was his rookie year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could happen. I was not out of the realm. Yeah, I would love if he was just like slightly more developed in his pass rush technique. He just seemed to like out physical and yeah that is true out athletic everybody um and that's not necessarily going to happen against nfl tackles um i would love for him to like develop you know like a spin move or something uh yeah where where, you know just put guys in a blender because yeah physically he is like he's a he is a beast he is a beast physically if he can if he can you know polish up on some of these um you know, finer skills, I guess, uh, you know, he, I mean, he would honestly probably be like a top 10 guy, uh, based yeah. on his physical stature, but, um, Epinesa is a little bit different. I think, you know, his, his ceiling may not be as high, uh, the way I see it. Um, you know, he does have a lot of that technique and stuff like that figured out at this point. Uh, but his athletic profile doesn't really give him that same ceiling that Gross Matos has. And, you know, on our past recording, I said that, you know, give me, the sure thing on defense before drafting potential. Um, so, I mean, I could see why, you know, people would prefer a guy like Epinesa, but I mean, just the potential that, that Gross Matos brings to the table is, is very, very desirable to see in a Ravens uniform. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I mean, look, I'm watching highlights. It's not like I'm really watching game film. So, I mean, there's a big, there's a big difference between seeing everyone's highlight reel and seeing, you know, the play to play, what these guys look like, but seeing how much gross Matos popped mm-hmm. on, on the highlights I was watching. I mean, it was like obvious right away. Oh, this must be the player I'm looking at. You know, because you're this massive guy that's 99 off the edge that just tears people up. So, you know, it, it, I'm surprised that there are mock drafts where he's falling to the Ravens spot. He's, he's one of those guys that I see becoming a late riser if this was a normal year without the whole COVID-19 stuff. He's a guy I see as, as one of those guys. I'm going to, because remember, there was there was a point when like JJ Watt was gonna fall to the like twenties to the Ravens, and yeah, that you yeah. know he and him getting picked, I think top ten or ten or something like that mm-hmm. by the Texans. So I mean, 
you know, I, I he just again, I, I I'm obviously we're not watching game tape, but he just popped so much. Now, with that said, I don't see us taking either of those guys. I want to see us take a guy like Patrick Queen. Um, he's he's my number one choice um, for our first round pick. What do you think about Patrick Queen? I like him as a player. I mean, definitely got the benefit of playing really well in those uh, playoff games. Um, I, I struggle with drafting a linebacker, a middle linebacker in the first round. I mean, it's worked out twice pretty well for the Ravens uh, with Ray Lewis and C.J. Mosley. Uh, but um, I, I think that these two guys are slightly different prospects than Ray and, and C.J. were. Uh, you know, the the other one that I'm referring to is Kenneth Murray out of Oklahoma. Um, you know, Queen, he definitely looks the part. You know, he, he's got the size. Uh, he's got the athleticism. Um, he he would be a good fit at 28. You know, I, I, I do hesitate a little bit, but I do think I would be pleased if, if that's who the Ravens went with at 28. You know, there, there are two interesting, you know, setting aside – the the on-field tape there there are interesting things about queen were we to take him the first one is that the ravens have never taken an lsu player apparently they've never drafted anyone from lsu which is crazy but i can almost see i can almost picture the interview with eric DeCosta. he's like well we never have taken an lsu player ozzy was blah 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 you know yeah, and making mm-hmm. fun of Ozzie Newsome and Alabama and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I, I can almost picture that now in my head as being something we're going to see. Now, setting that aside, I also like the story of, of Patrick Queen. The fact that, you know, until this past season, he wasn't a starter. And he didn't do the whole, oh, I'm going to go, you know, transfer somewhere else so I can play. No, he at LSU went to the mm-hmm. coaches and said, how the heck am I going to start? They gave him like, okay, here's what we need to see. He went and did it and then started for LSU. I, I mean, I, what more can you ask for? I mean, it, the, the kid obviously has a great work ethic, um, played for a fantastic team, obviously well coached, seems like a leader. Um, I He's a guy that, that to me would fit. Um, to to have come in and and hopefully play some significant minutes. Yeah, he would be he would be good. And and the good thing about him is that he played really well against the best competition that LSU saw. So definitely definitely a positive there. Um, I saw a comparison from NFL.com. You know they they do the write ups on all the players, and the comparison for him is Thomas Davis. And Thomas Davis was always known for his ability in the the run game to be that kind of thumper that we were referring to earlier, but then also kind of a underrated coverage guy as well. Um, so, I mean, if he turned into Thomas Davis, I think that would be a fantastic addition for the Ravens. I would be all um, right with that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this is this is a guy that can that can come in and start on day one. Um, I, I do like Patrick Queen a lot. Um, you know, the the other linebacker Kenneth Murray I'm not so sold on I, I think I just kind of have a problem with uh, big 12 defenders in general uh, I think he also you know lets his eyes trick him a little bit too much and 
you know, I have I have been watching a little bit more film, um, trying to trying to get into that a little bit more. Uh, and from what I can tell, he just kind of gets wrapped up in things a little bit too much. So between the two, uh, you know, if both are available at 28, I do prefer Patrick Queen to Kenneth Murray. Although, you know, I don't not like Kenneth Murray. I mean, that's the thing. I, you know, I tend to agree with you. You know, there are there are a lot a lot of linebackers. I'm intrigued by Malik Harrison is another from yes, Ohio absolutely. State that I that I'd love to see us get in the second round, regardless of who we pick in the first. Um, and I think that's where he seems to be falling. I mean, I I have to admit I, I'm basing my my uh, <laughs> my some of my analysis now on on the mock draft engine I'm using to play with. So I don't know how ac- accurate that really is when it comes down to it. But but that said, um, he he seems like he would be a, a great player too. But. You know, I, I'm not going to be upset if the Ravens draft Kenneth Murray. He's just not my favorite of the linebackers that that could potentially be available. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you know, that's that's the thing about that I that I see about drafting a round one linebacker where there might be other value in a, in a guy, um, you know, like a Gross Matos or, or maybe one of the top wide receivers is that there are some other linebackers that I like as well. And you mentioned one of them is Malik Harrison. Um, I really like uh, Chris Orr, uh, the Wisconsin linebacker, Zach Orr's brother. Zach Orr is on the Ravens coaching staff. It makes all the sense in the world. This guy, this is a guy that wasn't even invited to the NFL draft combine. He is the underdog story that the Ravens can really hang their hat on in this draft. Do they, do they need to draft? That's my question. He wasn't even invited to the combine. Does he need to be drafted? Maybe not. Like, are we talking? When do you think? When do you? When would you choose him? Late. Uh, what's the last pick we have? Well, what's the earliest you would choose him? Better, better question. Well, I mean, so it would it would take us a couple moves down, but maybe in like the fifth or sixth round, maybe I, mm-hmm. I mean, I do. I, I, so I think it's a, uh, man, I, I forget, I forget who on Twitter it is. I think the guy's name is Spencer Schultz. I forget his, uh, Twitter handle, but he has been high on Zach Orr, uh, and you know, that's what kind of drew my you attention Chris to him. Orr? I'm sorry, Chris Orr. And that's what kind of drew my attention to him. And, you know, it just seems like a tremendous value. Like, I mean, just from what Absolutely. I've seen, uh, you know, he just is a very, very well-rounded player that, you know, nobody's really paying attention to at all. So, yeah. uh, you know, I, I'd be interested in a guy like that. There's also a guy out of Wyoming named Logan Wilson, who I actually really like a lot, too. Uh, you know, I, he, he's on my list of guys I want to look at. I, I have... Uh, I, I've seen him on a couple different lists. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, he, he can he can kind of do a little bit of everything. Um, you know, I think the biggest question mark was him with him was uh, his you know measurables, I guess, and he t- he tested pretty well at the at the combine, so he answered some of those questions um, about his athleticism. You know, he's another guy that's you know going to be a mid round draft. Mid, mid mid round of the draft I'm sorry and um, you know I, I, I don't think that we need to go linebacker round one I think there's other value to be found 
Um, you know, in addition to the positions that on offense that you mentioned, like wide receiver, you know, we, we started the show with talking about our, our starting right guard retiring. And so that, that's a hole. So maybe a guy that we can go after is the Michigan center, Cesar Ruiz, who, who seems like he would be a plug and play day one starter, allow Makari to move back over to his guard position, let him bat- battle it out with Ben Powers, see who can take over that right guard spot maybe bring in another vet and see what we can do there. You know, there's a lot of different ways for, with a lot of value that you can go at 28. And, and, you know, as much as I like Patrick Queen, I'm just not sure that it's linebacker. You know, it's funny. You talk about offensive line. I, I just don't see us going offensive line early. Now, will we draft offensive line? I think that's no question. Um, we do every year. We'll probably draft. A, a, a few, especially in the middle later later rounds of our of our picks, you know. But I just look at our offensive line, and you know, as I said, with Yonda, he's the prototypical Ravens offensive lineman. That mid round pick that was developed for a couple of years and came in. And why I bring that up is I don't see us going first first round um, guard this year, mainly based off of what seems to be out there, but also based off of the fact that, you know, we've had a year to develop powers. We've had, um, you know, Skura, granted, he's hurt and he's coming back, but at some point, hopefully, he will be healthy. And then in the very least, a backup, he can play guard and center. You've got McCary who can play guard and center. So, you know, all the Ravens need to do in some respects is, you know, also sign a veteran like, a, you know, Kalechi Assembly maybe. Or, you know, there, there are several guys out there that could be reclamation projects on the free agent side that could work as at least training camp fodder for guys like Powers and McCary to compete against. So I, you know, and a lot of times as we saw last year, you know, that guy like Bozeman, who's been on the bench, who we didn't give any credence to, (laughs) to be the Mm -hmm. starter, ends up being the starter and having a pretty damn good year at left guard. So, I mean, I, I'm not that concerned about replacing Yonda. I, I don't, maybe I should be. I'm just not. I am. I mean, he's a second team all pro and it's hard to, it's hard to do that. I, I, mean. I, I mean, I'm not saying, I'm not saying there won't be a step down. Like I'm not saying he will yonder himself or his, his production as yonder, you know, produces will be easy to replace. I just mean to find a at least average left guard who can get it done for us. I or or right guard, excuse me. Um I'm not as I'm not as worried about that. I don't know why. I'm just not. I feel like the Ravens will be able to find somebody to get it done. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. You know, we we've talked about the early picks in the draft. Uh, a little bit. What about some mid-round or late-round guys that you might have your eye on? We were talking about a few before we started recording. Yeah, I think we both really, really like that kid from Liberty, Antonio uh, Gandy-Golden. 
Yes, he's got absolutely. Some, he's got some skills. The wideout, yep. Yeah, he can play. He can play. I mean, you know, you wonder about the competition and things like that, but I, I really think that this guy is is pretty dynamic. He would be a really, really interesting piece to add uh, to Lamar Jackson's offense. Yeah, I mean, T. Higgins, I think, is an interesting guy. Um, were he to fall somewhere in the second round, I don't think I would go first round. Um, just because I'd rather see us go defense in the first round, whether that be edge or, or, you know, a guy like Patrick Queen. But, um, you know, he's a guy that I really popped quite a bit for me when I, I was watching some highlights. Um, you know, Thaddeus Moss is intriguing for me in some of the later rounds. I mean, mainly because, you know, obviously he's, he's got some good bloodlines. He played for LSU. You know, we want, a guy who might be a playmaker um, as our third tight end. So, I mean, he might be a guy that could come in and and maybe be a good, maybe not be quite as dynamic as Hayden Hurst may have brought to the table, but, you know, certainly adding a skill set that might be a little bit different from either uh, Andrews or Boyle. Um, I don't know. How about you? So the wide receiver position round two, <laughs> I really like uh, Brandon Ayuk out of Arizona State. He, I mean, he crushes man coverage. He is really, really good with the ball in his hands, uh, you know, after the catch. Um, I mean, I, I haven't seen anything with him that I don't like. He's got really good hands. Um, you know, I saw similar NFL comparison was to a guy like Robert Woods, who has turned himself into a really, really good receiver uh, out in Los Angeles. So, I mean, adding a guy like that would be very, very intriguing to me. Um, if you get a chance, definitely definitely watch some Brandon Ayuk, and I think you'll be pretty impressed. Absolutely. Now, he returns kicks, too, right? I believe he does, but uh, I'm not sure if he would. In the NFL? Maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay. Maybe. That, I mean, that is that is another spot in which we need to uh, invest some, some capital. Because no doubt. Uh, I mentioned DeAnthony Thomas was brought back, and he, while he performed well, he was brought back on a veteran minimum. So, the team definitely isn't uh, tied to the hip with him. You know, if they come across something, something, or so, I'm sorry, somebody that is a little bit more dynamic or a little bit better with the ball in his hands, uh, they would definitely, definitely look into that as well. But Brandon Ayuk, I, I really like him in the second round if if he's available. Are there um, any positions you see us going surprisingly heavy on? Surprisingly heavy? Uh, secondary. I think we always draft a corner. We'll yep. probably get after some kind of versatile safety. Um, you know, I, I got to shout it out to my Maryland guy, Antoine Brooks Jr. He's a, he's a versatile safety. He can come up and thump a little bit. He's good in coverage. He's a good player. I, I think, you know adding a safety, adding a corner, you know, even though we already have a fairly stacked secondary is just a, a move that the Ravens always go to that, uh, that I think they're not really going to break their step this time either. I would agree with you there. I think they, they definitely have to go corner. I think that was one of my takeaways from, you know, doing those fake mock drafts is mm-hmm. you start to see, you know, maybe you don't really know who's going where, but you start to see what positions are looking heavy, you know, on certain rounds. And, 
definitely, you know, secondary was looking pretty deep, you know, on certain rounds where um, I didn't really feel like it was time to take, you know, a, a safety or a corner. So I think the Ravens are going to end up being tempted should they really go best player available, as mm-hmm. they always say they do. I think they're going to end up having that happen. And I also think, as we've seen the last few years, oh God, I mean, the NFL is certainly a, a game of attrition, but, you know, not more so for the Ravens last season, it seemed like, than, than the secondary with all the guys that just kept going down left and right. So, you know, you know that can happen. You know, mm-hmm. you almost can't, you know, it's, it's good that, you know, um, Smith is back, but it's also good that he's going to be in a rotation because, you know, he usually gets hurt for five or six games every year. You know, so we need to, and inevitably having competition for a guy like Anthony Averett is a yeah. whole lot more important than it should be. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <coughs> I, the other, the other spot I think we'll we'll see at least one pick is is again on that defensive line, and despite you know adding all these guys like Campbell and Brockers. Uh, I think adding a young developmental piece as well is going to be important because those guys are a little bit older as well as Brandon Williams. So a guy that I have my eye on is out of Utah, Licky Fotu, a big Samoan guy. And we were saying that it just feels feels right to have a big Samoan guy on the Ravens defensive line. Absolutely. May, yep. may, the, uh, may the ghost of Haloti Nata, you know, live long on the uh, Ravens defensive line for years to come, right? For sure. All right, so are, are there any guys that, like, you have in your queue to watch any highlights or film on? Because I have one in particular that I'm interested in. Uh, let me look at my list here. You go ahead and uh, who, who do you have on your list? I have Jeremy Chin, and he is a safety. And let me let me just relook up his school because I know I'm going to get it wrong here. Uh, he went to Southern Illinois. And I like read today on Twitter randomly that like he is a Isaiah Simmons light, which mm. is very interesting to me. And Isaiah Simmons is like the safety linebacker, defensive lineman, corner uh, out of Clemson that can seemingly do it all. And if if Chin kind of fits into a similar mold and maybe not as dynamic, I think you know that's something really really interesting to keep an eye on. Um, you know, just because of how the Ravens deploy safeties and they ask him to play linebacker, they ask him to, you know, get into deep coverage and, and things like that. I mean, it's almost it's almost becoming like a positionless defense uh, other than the defensive line here, because you ask all of your players to be able to do everything. So a guy like Chin in that manner in which, you know, Isaiah Simmons is going to be long gone by the time the Ravens pick. But a guy like Chin may not be so. Keeping in, keeping your eye on somebody like that, uh, I want to get into that and see if I kind of see that same kind of versatility that others are seeing as well. I like it. I like it. You know, I don't have any any particular players that are that are bouncing out, at least that I haven't watched yet. Um, you know, certainly I'm going to continue to look at all the pass rushers and linebackers and even even a lot of the wide receivers, quite frankly, because that that position seems to be so deep. Now, you know, one thing that the Ravens have this year, certainly more than they've had in recent years, is draft capital. 
you know, mm-hmm. so do you see the Ravens? Do you see them packaging some picks and moving up in the first round? Sure. Yeah, I see that. Why not? Uh, we got all those picks early on. We, we should be able to make a fairly significant move if we want to. And I keep saying we as if I'm in the war room, but, you know, of course we you can. Eric Acosta listens to this show. Don't you realize that? Come on. That's true. We are are always on in the Ravens facility every time a new new pod drops. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I did text him to trade for Clay's Campbell, so. You know, I mean, (laughs) when you you start dropping dropping hints like that, then the moves get made, TK. I mean, come on. Yeah, right, right. But, yeah, I mean, I can definitely see a move up and and getting a big-time wideout to pair with Hollywood. You know, a guy like Henry Ruggs or a Jerry Judy uh-huh. would be unbelievable uh, on those guys on the outside, plus Boykin, plus the tight ends. And, you know, you know, I've seen I've seen some chatter about, you know, not getting any offensive help so far in uh, free agency. But, you know, I, you know, I wasn't really all that interested by the guys that were available. Nope. I think the draft has much more intrigue as far as weapons go. So. Absolutely. And, there, and I'll be honest with you. I mean, think about how little chatter we heard about these moves. There was a little chatter about, hey, maybe the Ravens will trade Aiden, Aiden Hurst and there's, you mm-hmm. know, but that was probably because he wanted to leave. You know, yeah. outside of that, suddenly, boom, moves are made, mm-hmm. you know, and fairly significant moves. So Eric DaCosta is going to have something up his sleeves. And uh, it it's going to be fun, regardless, to watch, you know, and, and you know, we also have this Matthew Judon situation out there. Mm-hmm. And before the draft, you know, we were talking about what moves could be made before the draft. That would be the move that would be made. If we right. trade Matthew Judon, it's going to happen now. You know, yeah, in, the next, in the next three weeks, you know, well, whenever you the would, draft ends yeah, up you, being. Yeah, you would think that some of the uh, compensation would be draft picks. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, you'd match, I mean, unless, yeah. unless they're trading him to the Dolphins for Devontae Parker or, you know, I don't know. I'm just throwing out random names. I think he's still – is he a Dolphin? Um, mm-hmm. Anyway. I'm just, you know, you find some crazy deal like that, which I don't really see happening. But, you know, um, I I don't know. But regardless, I mean, so you've got that. Now, obviously, that opens up a big hole um, without having Matthew Judon on the defense. But it also opens up a whole lot of cap room. So right. maybe, you, maybe you sign a deal with Clowney, you know, or somebody like that after you – open up that $16 million or whatever it is that you would open up with uh, by trading Judon. But anyway, that's it. We're droning on. We can can discuss this another day. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, we'll we'll definitely, once they announce a a draft date, we will be back uh, before that, um, you know, for some final draft thoughts and and things like that. Uh, You want to sign us off, Holly? Well, everybody, stay safe out there. Remember to social distance, despite what some crazy people think about, you know, saving the economy. We'd like to keep our grandparents around and and our parents and, you know, people we love. So try to uh, stay safe. Wash your hands.